I'm odd. I love America. And you know that. And I love this choir. They really said goodbye until September with a bang. Let's give them a hand, really. You know, the Bible says in Psalms chapter 33 and verse 12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And if there's any goodness in the people of this nation, it's because our God is the Lord. We worship a living God, a living Savior. And I'm not going to keep you for a long time here, but I want to uh, bring to your attention some facts about our liberty, our nation, what it was built on, and why we have such great freedom. We are envied by all nations under the sun. People love us and hate us at the same time because they cannot attain to the level of prosperity that we have nor enjoy the level of liberty that we enjoy. Admiral Jack Buffington, he's now teaching engineering at the University of Arkansas. He said, today I went to visit the new World War II memorial in Washington, D.C. It was inaugurated about three weeks ago, if you remember with me, those who are following the news. I got an unexpected history lesson. Since I'm a baby boomer, I was one of the youngest in the crowd. Most were the age of my parents, veterans of the greatest war with their families. It was a beautiful day. And people were smiling and happy to be there. Hundreds of us milled around the memorial, reading the inspiring words of Ike and Truman that are engraved there. On the Pacific side of the memorial, I don't know which side, but so it says, a group of us gathered to read the words President Roosevelt used to announce the attack on Pearl Harbor. Yesterday, December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. Those of you who uh, are following the history of our nation, remember these words. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked. One woman read the words aloud, with confidence in our armed forces, with the unbounding determination of our people. We will gain the inevitable triumph. But as she read, she was suddenly angry. Wait a minute, she said. They left out the end of the coat. They left out the most important part. Roosevelt said, so help us God. You're probably right. Her husband said, we're not supposed to say these things now. I know I'm right, she insisted. I remember the speech. The two shook their heads sadly and walked away. Listening to their conversation, I thought, to myself, well, it has been 50 years. She's probably forgotten. But she was right. I went home 
and pulled out the book my book club is reading. It, it's Flags of Our Fathers by James Bradley. It's all about Ayujima. I haven't gotten too far in the book. It's tough to read because it's a graphic description of the battles in the Pacific. But right there it was on page 58. Roosevelt's speech to the nation, it ends. So help us God. The people who edited out that part of the speech, when they engraved it on the memorial, could have fooled me. I was born after the war, but they couldn't fool the people who were there. Roosevelt's words are engraved in their hearts. So help us God. Our nation today is being attacked by all kinds of spirits, evil spirits in the world. This is now how our nation started. Our nation started on the Bible, on the Word of God. And this is why, and so many presidents quoted this verse, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Immediately after, this is how it started, immediately after creating the Declaration of Independence, the Continental Congress voted to purchase and import 20,000 copies of Scripture for the people of this nation. Do you hear me? Patrick Henry, who is called the firebrand of the American Revolution, is still remembered for his words, give me liberty or give me death. But it, uh, <coughs> it is in the textbooks, the context of these words today are omitted. Here's what he actually said. An appeal to arms and the God of hosts is all that is left for us. But we shall not fight our battle alone. There is a just God that presides over the destinies of the nations. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course other may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. These sentences have been erased from our textbooks today. Was Patrick Henry a Christian? The following year, 1776, he wrote this. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religious, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For that reason alone, people of other faiths have been afforded freedom of worship in this land. Consider these words that Thomas Jefferson wrote in the front of his well-worn Bible. That's a president, and he had a Bible. 
So if our president today has a Bible and attend church and has Bible studies every morning in the White House at 10 o'clock, let us not laugh at that. Let us respect that and honor that. On his Bible it's written, I am a real Christian. That is to say, a disciple of the doctrines of Jesus Christ. That's how it started. That's how it started. I have little doubt that our whole country will soon be rallied to the unity of our Creator. He was also the chairman of the American Bible Society, which he considered his highest and most important role. On July 4th, 1821, President Adams said, The highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It connected in one unavoidable bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. Where are we today? I want to ask you, where are we today? Whatever, whenever we say Christian in our school now, we Christian, oh, it's not politically correct. There's a judge by the name of Hamilton in Northern California. I don't know whether you're following the story of not or not. She had allowed the students to memorize verses of the Quran. But the students cannot memorize the verses from the Bible. We have come a long ways, didn't we? Backward. Backward. This is now how it started. Calvin Coolidge, our 30th president of the United States, reaffirmed this truth when he wrote, The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. In 1782, the United States Congress voted this resolution. The Congress of the United States recommends and approves the Holy Bible for use in all schools. Where is the Bible today? Can we teach it in our schools? Men and women, we thank God for Christian schools that are still teaching it. And we thank God for churches like this today. And many churches today in our nation are preaching and teaching the Word of God. And supporting what our forefathers have done with their own blood. William Holmes McGuffey is the author of the McGuffey Reader, which was used for over 100 years in our public schools with over 125 million copies sold until it was stopped in 1963. President Lincoln called him the schoolmaster of the nation. Listen to these words of Mr. McGuffey. The Christian religion is the religion of our country. From it are derived our nation on the character of God, on the great moral governor of the universe. On its doctrines are founded the peculiarities of our free institutions. From no source has the author drawn more conspicuously than from the sacred scriptures. For all these extracts from the Bible, I make no apology. 
Listen to this. Of the first 108 universities founded in America, 106 were distinctly Christian. Where are we today? Including the first Harvard University, chartered in 1636. In the original Harvard student handbook, rule number one, was that students seeking entrance must know Latin and Greek so that they could study the scriptures. Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. How about that? And therefore, it goes on to say, to lay Jesus Christ as the only foundation for our children to follow the moral principles of the Ten Commandments. James Madison, the primary author of the Constitution of the United States, said this, We have staked the whole future of our political constitutions upon the capacity of each of ourselves to govern ourselves according to the moral principles of the Ten Commandments. Most of you probably read these articles or have the books at home. They go and review them every now and then. But the revisionists have rewritten history to remove the truth about our country's Christian roots. Where are we today? I ask each and every one of you, where are we today? Are we still saying, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord? Are we having the Lord, our God, first and foremost in our lives? The Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. We have gone far from that. Righteousness lifts up the head of each and every person in a nation. But sin is a disgrace to any people. Today, our nation is fighting a big fight. We are fighting the powers of evil. We are trying to maintain what we have from our forefathers. We are trying to live as a nation in freedom and liberty. To honor God. To live for Him. To practice morality in every phase of our life. But the powers of evil are against us. You know what remains for us to do today? And I encourage each and every one as members of our church here, our guests, and all the churches in the nation. I encourage each and every one of us to stand firm on the teaching of the Word of God. 
I have nothing to add to those presidents that lived and fought and died to honor God in their lives. We have a challenge today, members of this congregation. If the political world has dropped it and they don't want anymore to, to carry the flag and to live under the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ, it behooves us. It behooves us to take up our cross and follow Jesus. We have prosperity. We have freedom. We have liberty. We have all kinds of the goodness of life. People look upon the United States and say, how come? You know why? Do you know the answer why? It's because it was founded on the Bible itself. I have no other recipe to give you. I have no other reason to give you why we're enjoying such a good life today. But you know, this good life is not going to continue. We have to be careful. We cannot be lax. We cannot go away from the teaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot say, well, it will continue by itself. No. We cannot go on and say it's, it's okay and be lenient with sin. And be lenient with some uh, things that people are practicing in our nation, in our midst, in our society. We cannot say, well, as long as it's not in my home, I don't care about it. As long as it's not in the family, it's not going to affect me. I have no problem with homosexuality as long as my wife and my children are okay. No. Respect other religion. We respect them. But there's only one way to salvation. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other. So we cannot just Say, it's okay with this religion, let's introduce it to our school. It's okay, let's introduce this to our children. It's a free country. How come it's a free country when it comes to other religions, and it's not a free country when it comes to the Christian religion? You tell me about it. This is why I had tears in my eyes to see a choir like this this morning, singing about God. And country. Sing about America. The land of the freedom and liberty. Oh yes. I hope they will sing it in political rallies. They're not. They want to be correct. They want to uh, be fair. They say to each and every uh, represented religion in the world today. Since when people from outside dictate our lives. Since when? We have... The best book to dictate our lives. It's the Bible and let's follow it. And our forefathers followed it. And we heard about them today. Did, let me ask you a question. Did they win or lose? They won all of them. Did they give us the best nation in the world? Yes, they did. Did they give us the best life in the world? Yes, they did. Are people envying us? Of course they are. 
they would like to come to America. And thank God we have tightened a little bit our, our borders. And thank God we are not letting everyone coming to America. Why? Because they are coming to steal away our liberty and to take away our justice and our life that we've been living. We should stand for that. And standing for America is standing for the word of God. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Is he your Lord today? Is your God your Lord today? Or it's okay? It's okay with Islam? It's okay with Buddhism? It's okay with other religions? You know, after all, it's a free country. It's not a free country for them. It's a free country for the Christian people that live in this country. And if you want to join us, you better believe what we believe. And don't import anything from outside and inflict it and force it on us. We should stand for that. We should not be timid about that. This is what God has given us. The great, I mean, this is the constitution that God has given us. This is his word. And the word of God. You know, if Jesus can set you free, you are free indeed. That's freedom itself. We should preach it and live by it and tell the world all about it. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Let us not leave that. He should be your Lord and mine. No other God, no other Lord except the Lord Jesus Christ. They believed in him. They built this country on him, and we should continue that. It's a fight, and we are going to fight it. And we're not going to give in to the power of the devil. We're not going to give in to the introduction of other ideas and other methods and other religions. We are going to continue the fight by taking the cross of Jesus Christ and following him until he comes. That's freedom indeed, and that's how we can honor those forefathers who honored him during their time. Righteousness exalts a nation. May God help us to be all righteous in the eyes of God, but sin. Sin is a disgrace to any people. We cannot allow that to disgrace our nation, to disgrace our life, And let us quit sin. Let us come to Jesus Christ and say, Lord Jesus, we have gone astray. We have lived in sin. We have weakened. We come to you. We want to renew our relationship with you. We want to make you a God, our God, our Lord. And we want to honor you so we can continue living this wonderful life that the Lord has given us. Let's bow our heads this morning. Are we truly, if we are true citizens of this nation of America, are we truly living a true Christian life the way our forefathers have placed the foundation for us? Are we? Ask yourself this question. Or say, oh, I go to church on Sunday. 
I am from this faith and that faith and extra faith. No, the Lord is not looking at religion. Is not looking at... The Lord is looking at men and women dedicating their life to Jesus Christ. The Lord is looking at you and me this morning. Not because I'm a good... I'm, you know, I go, I go to church. I pay my tithe. The Lord doesn't need your money. I have news for you. He's not living on your five dollars that you give every Sunday and throw it there. The Lord wants your heart. He said, my son, give me your heart. If our hearts are not with the Lord Jesus Christ, our nation will not make it. These men and women of old, they gave their hearts. They gave their lives. They gave their everything they had. They gave their blood for our nation, for him first and for the nation. And that's why you and I are here today enjoying this wonderful life. Let us not disgrace them. And we have disgraced God too. By being politically, politically correct. We don't know how to, we want to have everybody as our friend. We don't want to have enemies. No. Take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand up and say, I am a Christian. What I mean by that, I have given my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I am His. I give Him all my life. And upon that, and as a Christian in this land, I want to live and honor my country and honor my God. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And whose Lord is this? The Lord Jesus Christ. This is the time to renew To come to Jesus. If you haven't lived this life before, I ask you to live it. If you haven't committed your life, I ask you to commit it. If you haven't honored God, I ask you to honor Him by coming to Him and say, Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am. And I know I've been religious in the past, but I have not been dedicated to you. I haven't given you my life. Give Him your life and you'll be a different man, a different American, a different citizen. And a loyal one until he comes. Our Father, we thank you this morning for allowing us to celebrate God and country. We thank you this morning for these wonderful hymns that we've heard. And we thank you for your word that always works in our lives. We thank you for these men and women, our forefathers, who just put the foundation of this great nation. Help our hearts, O God. To come to you. To be loyal to you. To give first and foremost our hearts to you. Then to serve you. And serve our nation. And our country. And be loyal to it. We thank you for your word. And pray that out of this little congregation here in this land. We pray that we will carry the light of the gospel. To many people. Telling them. How wonderful it is to live at liberty from sin and freedom from the devil. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen.